0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We
1: are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 Seven four two zero. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all this bright morning. Well, maybe not so bright, but
2: <laughs> yeah. good morning. Um, so, good morning, uh,
1: as well as clouds over our head, uh, some may be looking at that as uh, also feeling the same way about tax time. Uh, may first is the deadline this year.
3: Yes, it's uh, because April thirtieth lands on a Sunday. We get to call it an extra day. Um, yeah, um, and for those that, it's kind of interesting, it seems to be a bit of a one-way street. We still have to write a check to the government if you owe money. Um, but if you are on the receiving end of a refund, uh, don't expect that anytime soon with the with the strike going on. So um, it seems to be, you know, they'll, they'll take their money, but they won't give it back yet. And mm-hmm. for those, uh, they will be eventually, I guess, settling this and we'll be getting those tax refunds back. But uh, yeah, I guess the only news is... Uh, Um, Yeah, Saturday, you know, it's one of those rainy day activities would be a tax return. So for those that are waiting for the last, uh, the last bit to get that tax return in, here's a perfectly good data to to get it done. So and I know Gary, Gary uh, is gonna talk about estate planning today.
2: Yes, there's so much to talk about, and uh, you know, I thought I thought it would be good to uh, just just kind of frame this and 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 just say uh, simply that estate planning is all about preserving and protecting the the assets that we've accumulated over over time, and uh, and so let's uh, and this is a little tongue in cheek, so let's look at the the top five reasons why you may not think to prepare an estate plan, or you might not think it's important to prepare an estate plan. So number five you like to pay taxes. (laughs) Number four, the government will look after you. Oh, Mm, yes, of course they will. Number three, you're not old enough to worry about it. Mm. And number two, you will live forever. And yes, there are some people who have that belief. Mm. (laughs) And number one, your family always gets along. So there's, (laughs) there's no need. There's no need to worry about that. So, so, what is estate planning then? So, it's a process, right? It's a it's a it's a process to protect and distribute your estate in a in a manner that is specific to what you want to do, and making sure that your your wishes are are fulfilled. And you know that old that old phrase about about making decisions beyond the grave. Well, that's very much applicable to uh, to the the benefit and the importance of of estate planning and and having an estate plan that really considers your own personal goals and and we all have an opportunity to make sure that we do our best in that regard so estate planning also as we well know uh, Don is is not a one-time task it's not something that we we put into place and you know create a will put it away somewhere and think that that's that's going to take care of things over time because obviously a lot of things change. Priorities change, circumstances change, life events kick in, and uh, we change directions uh, many times. Now, as financial planners, you know, we encourage and provide ongoing uh, advice and recommendations along the way over the years. And this
3: is really what I'm talking about when I say it's not a one-time task. As Uh, things are... And, yep. and Gary, just to add to that, you, we call it actually a living plan for a reason mm-hmm. because it is, it is its own entity in a way. It changes as you change and relationships change, your tax situations change, windfalls, all sorts of things. Life, life is life and it's yep. unpredictable. And so why should you set up a plan and think it's going to be stagnant? Yeah,
2: of course. And, and you know, we all know, too, that, that over time, that lens that we look at things through continues to evolve. For those uh-huh. for those very reasons that you're you're talking about, so so possible goals, things that that we might think about in terms of factoring into yeah. you know to an estate plan, um, you know whether or not we think it's important to uh, to provide a family legacy or or charitable giving down the road, uh, providing for you know potentially a, an heir or a beneficiary who's disabled, and and that requires a totally different path as far as uh, making sure that we've, we've addressed that. Uh, transferring a business, business succession, we deal with this Scott all the time in terms of uh, business owners who are approaching or, or the prudent ones who plan, want to plan well ahead uh, through our discussions to uh, work out a game plan as far as, you know, do they want to keep it in the family if it's a family business? Uh, are they going to do a, a share uh, a sale of shares when they when they sell their their business however they're going to do it and and again the sort of the classic thing is let's say there's a couple adult children one's involved in the business the other one or two are not. so how do you have a plan that that has an equalization uh, process within it so that uh, you, you know you you accomplish the things that you you want to accomplish uh, and obviously minimizing tax there's so many things, that relate to uh, what we advise our clients to think about doing. Uh, so many opportunities to to try and minimize tax over the the longer haul, and then ultimately, you know, when they pass. I mentioned charitable giving, uh, protecting your assets from creditors too. That that's an estate planning strategy that that uh, is important when uh, it's applicable. And of course, you know, minimizing probate fees. We have to be careful. I'm going to comment on that later, but we have to be careful that 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 doesn't become our ultimate priority and ends up costing us a lot more money in, in other, other ways uh, if we're just focusing on trying to minimize minimize probate. So, you know, getting started with an estate plan, um, you know, we're, we're estate planning specialists uh, and we, we have a process, as we alluded to, to work through uh, a situation where we can give the best advice that we can. And, and as Don said earlier, it is ongoing. So it's something we have to return to on a regular basis but I'd like to remind our listeners of you know the main disciplines of uh of financial planning as as certified financial planners and what we are obligated uh to do and be proficient at is to address a wide range of things you know tax planning cash management or man helping people manage debt risk mitigation risk management over time and then of course investment planning and uh, retirement planning but estate planning estate planning is an entity or a discipline of financial planning that we are we are required to focus on as well it's not an option it's not something that we may or may not decide to address it's important that everybody who deals with a financial advisor um, that estate planning becomes part of the overall uh, advice that they're they're receiving so you know assessing everybody's situation um, looking at their net worth, their their circumstances, their their business slash employment situation, and so on, and 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 really, what's what's critical too is just understanding family dynamics, right? It, it, because every situation is a is a little bit different. So,
3: the and if I could add one thing, Gary, yeah. is uh, you know you did mention about you know your financial advisor has this duty, and and really I would say it's a CFP has this duty. Yeah. Yeah. it's a fiduciary duty that all certified financial planners sign up for because you to, to can maintain your license so again going back to the importance of finding not only an advisor financial advisor F, a, a certified financial plan with that designation extremely important yeah absolutely and we are we are required good point
2: we are required to address that that's an expectation and a requirement so the the basic fundamental components of uh of, of, of anything relating to the estates the different pieces so obviously there's a will, There's the role of the executor uh, power of attorney up until the time someone passes. And then it's null and void. Of course, at that point in time, the whole tax situation, you know, I talked about probate again, which I'm going to comment on uh, a little bit more, but I'd also uh, like to add the issue of direct beneficiaries as, as a component of, of estate planning, because there's a, there's a difference with those types of situations. So, so uh, let's talk about your will. So if you asked anyone, if you asked anyone if they would prefer to have a measure of control uh, over the affairs that uh, when they pass away in order, to, in order to ensure that their wishes are followed, they would answer, everyone would answer with a resounding yes, right? We, if we had the choice, if we had the option, we would, we would want to make sure we have, we have control. Yet, less than half of Canadian adults have a formal will. So there's a, you know, it's 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 always difficult for us as as certified financial planners to to get our head around that because we know what the what the importance is. We know that uh, it's critical that that everyone has a will for the assets that would pass through an estate. But it's not something that um, that obviously just by uh, inaction has uh, proves to be that important or as important as it should be to a lot of people it's the most important document that that we'll ever sign essentially and it's it's legally it's a legally enforceable declaration of uh, of how you want your possessions distributed after you pass as i as i said before talking about
3: decisions and, from beyond the grave and if you really think about it how much time do we spend researching a car to purchase or a house yeah, to purchase right. and yet all your belongings you ever we're vacation all your belongings you've ever accumulated in your entire life is dependent on this document and right, how, right. how it is distributed?
2: Yeah, and it helps avoids disputes and and disagreements and all the other ugly things that 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 can happen. So if you don't have a will, so you, number one, your wishes your wishes probably won't be met. Someone hmm. not of your choosing. So essentially, what we're talking about is is the attorney general uh, attorney general's office in this province uh, would administer the estate if you don't have a will. Uh, taxable uh, taxes payable by your estate um are going to be higher because there's no planning. there's no uh, there's no strategic input from your financial advisor. and your assets may be frozen for a much longer period of time until until that's all resolved. So what are some of the the, the things to consider uh, in terms of a will? It's naming a primary and secondary executor. And this is kind of a, a comment on where do I start? And, and and certainly when there's minor children involved, it's critical to have a guardian in place guardianship in place because we that's why we have a will at a younger age when our children are younger so that we can make sure that things are taken care of care for dependents that that's in place wishes for you know obviously wishes for distribution of assets and and that that mindset is one of the things that changes over time because of relationships and and people passing people who we intend to to have as beneficiaries you know may may predecease um so here's some of the things that that, that cause us to, uh, the, the need for us to keep reviewing our will, change in marital status, you know, birth of a child, a death or disability of an heir, uh, even just the change in tax laws, right? We, we keep on top of that so that we can provide the advice that to encourage people to make adjustments to their will. Even just moving uh, to a new province because it's provincially mandated. So uh, change in business succession plans, again uh, critical things and uh and, and in some cases change in in uh, chari- charitable destinations that you have in mind and obviously the passing of a spouse very critical these generic will kits that a lot of people pull off the internet or uh find in in other avenues or through other avenues that you know they're open to misinterpretation and any good lawyer not just because they want the uh you know the three four five hundred dollars to drop a will it's it's good advice because because if it's open to misinterpretation and it could result in disputes amongst the beneficiaries, um, could be litigation. It could take longer to settle. Uh, could be challenged. All those kinds of things. You can't set up a trust yourself if that's something that would help you. Uh, so it it just doesn't make sense to go with those uh, those
3: generic situations. And- and, and, and we'll, we'll continue this after the break, but we also know, I don't know if you, Gary, if you found an, anybody's gone through any kind of dispute after a death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, we're
1: out of time for this break. I was just about to give you an beyond, example. There. Beyond the Grave,
2: Don, yeah, beyond the grave.
1: Oh my goodness. All right, we are planning your financial future from beyond the grave. I'm Scott Thompson, Don Fox, Gary Hogan here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net. To find out more, you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 7420. We're talking about uh, estate planning and I wanted to ask a question Gary. Um you know, we we've been through this as a family in the last couple of years and uh my wife and I are actually finishing drawing up our or updating uh, our own will. And we we were wondering if we want to put our kids through all of this and and not so much the planning but being an executor to the will uh you know we've been we've been uh, overseeing that in other families and such and it's an incredible incredibly big job uh and i'm wondering what the options are if you don't want to leave this to your kids to be your executor or a friend or whatever
2: yeah it's a you know that's a great question and 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 you know the thing is there's, there's two aspects to to someone acting as executor that that are important to talk about one is the emotional side of it which is what you're referring to primarily and then also just the, the ability to deal with all of the things that have to be addressed because there, it's, it's a, a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. It can be, it can be. So what our, our goal is as, as CFPs is to try and reduce that as much as we can, reduce the issues that are going to be there at the end of the day. Um, but in terms of, of, of children, adult children, young adults uh, being executors, yes, it's not just a case of, of picking someone that you trust implicitly, It's also making sure that they have the tools, that -hmm. they have the tools to work through all of the issues because the executor, and I'm going to talk about this a little later again, but it's a huge responsibility legally because you are accountable
3: for making sure that all debts and all taxes are paid, personally liable. And we deal with a company that will look after these services if you don't feel that you have a competent person or trustworthy person to be your executor. And uh, it's it's nice to have that. Yes, you have to pay for this service. Um, it's it's a percentage of the estate, no different than if you have an executor, they're, they're, they can obtain up to 5% of the value of the estate to pass on the basically the wishes of the will. So even, a a, member, right? even, even a family member, right? Even a family member. Anybody yeah. who acts as executor, yeah. And so it's it's a tricky thing. Normally kids are, are fine because it's almost expected. And by the time you pass away, they're generally older. But often mm-hmm. it's a joint. It's a joint if you have more than one child, it's usually a joint effort. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that and usually there's no issues between the kids, hopefully. And so there's nobody in fighting between them. And but if there is A chance that there could be a lot of infighting and it may affect the relationship going forward. This is, again, a good reason for this service to have somebody as a trustee or an executor to carry on going forward.
1: Is the service, as you said, everybody, including family members, friends, whatever, they're entitled to 5% as an executor. Would the cost if you apply a trustee be more than that or how much more would it be?
3: It's an ongoing, so it's a yearly. So if there's money to uh, pay out to somebody, say a disabled person for the rest of their life or a spendthrift person, because they figure they're gonna blow all the money, whatever the case is, there's a trustee service uh, as a percentage of the value of the estate every year. But once it's distributed, then there's no extra cost. And it would be up to that 5% to your question, Scott. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, yeah, it's a a big, it's estate planning is, as (laughs) Gary just (laughs) touched the top, you know, the top tip of the iceberg, literally, because it can carry on and on. And you talked about tax changes. You know, there was a thing not long ago where everybody was lining up to do testamentary trusts so that you could split your income upon the death between your estate and your spouse. Well, next thing you know is the Liberal government changed that rule about six to seven years ago, everybody had to get their wills redone. And uh, it felt and thought it was a great idea and the same idea with the trust going for kids. There was an idea for income. It's great tax planning. It made a ton of sense. I guess it made too much sense because they changed the rules. Mm-hmm. So yes, and it's it's extremely important to sit down with a very competent CFP, Certified Financial Planner, to go through this. and. Because, again, I, I, we, we generally go through, and again, Gary, you can test to this, when we see other you know, people that are saying, okay, I have another advisor, I just want to get a second opinion. And we see this all the time. And, in fact, I encourage the listeners, they should have a second opinion. Take a look to see what kind of planning you're getting. And if it's simply about how are my investments doing this quarter, that's not planning. That's not estate planning. That's not cash flow management. That's not trying to achieve your goals. Yes, investments are part of it, but it's it's only a piece of the puzzle. So we're, you know, what, what we look at now, and it's one of the biggest risks of anybody's plan. Estate plan is part of it. It kind of goes hand in hand with that. Coincidentally enough, Gary, is longevity risk. It's not longevity risk. It's actually longevity reality. People are living longer. And we have to plan for this. And planning for the lifetime of income and retirement, it it it, it lays a lot of extra stress on the notion that a long retirement, the cost of the living doesn't merely drift up slowly in a linear fashion. Because everybody has this kind of visual in your head. Well, the cost of living, I spend, say, $4,000 a month. And therefore, you know, over time, it will go up. What does that really mean? Let's put a number to that. So I said, look. If you're 60 you retired, which would be a little bit on the earlier side, and you are spending $4,000 a month to live on. And that's a decent, let's assume you're debt free, um, you know, you that's a fairly decent lifestyle. Well, 3% inflation by the time you're 70, sorry, but the time you hit uh, 70, it now goes to 5375 a month. And then that goes to by the time you're uh, 80, it goes to 7224 a month. And by the time you're 90, you're now at ninety-seven oh nine a month. So basically your cost of living has doubled. Now no, no problem with the old age security and Canada pension plan, they are indexed with inflation. But that's only that's that's just surviving, those two pensions generally. You're not gonna have the kind of lifestyle just based on those two inflows of cash. So the other end of it, let's say it was four percent inflation. Well, ten years later. It's now fifty nine twenty a month. You were just ten years ago; it was four thousand a month. Now it's practically six thousand a month at four percent inflation. You can see why the governments across all around the world are trying to reduce the inflation rate because this is a huge impact um, on on all the retirees, but also a huge impact on all the governments that are paying index benefits out. So then, twenty years later. Your four thousand dollars a month is now eighty-seven sixty-four. Your costs have more than doubled, in thirty years out, you're, it's now thirteen thousand a month, and that's only four percent inflation. And if you look at the since nineteen thirty-four to twenty-two, so basically ninety years, the inflation rate has been three and a half percent per year. So these numbers, somewhere in between those two numbers I just told you, is the cost of of living. So, yes, extremely important, and it's kind of interesting. I guess people just don't really think about how long they're going to live. And, you know, going back a number of years ago, probably not a bad thing because people weren't living quite as long. But uh, John Rowe, a former president of Aetna, and most recently a professor of public health at Columbia University, if somebody were to walk in my office and ask me to predict how long that person would live, I would answer with two things, how old are you now? And how many years of education do you have? Education has a very strong correlation to longevity. Hmm. So stop looking at simply, well, the average person lives to this age. Look at your scenario. Look at your education level. And funny enough, also, having money has a very strong correlation to how long you live. So, yeah. again, this is one more reason to have a good financial planner because you'll live longer. Okay. Yeah, Don, but, Don, I would, sorry, Don, I,
2: I would yeah. say too that it's not just education, uh, it's it, lifelong learning, right? People who are open to learning new things throughout their life mm-hmm. would probably
3: fall under that category. For sure. And there, there's the constant curiosity of what should I how do we adapt how do we change in evolution different stages in life and new interests so yeah absolutely and that's part of being educated as you want to constantly learn and you just don't stop dead and you we all know those people and they haven't even got an email address yet okay <laughs> they stopped they stopped learning and it's it's frustrating and so yes and as, as I found out education there's less likely, if they an educated person, there's less likely they're going to smoke, more likely they're going to go to the gym, they're going to eat better, get med- regular medical checkups, get tests by their doctor, and take their meds faithfully. Those are just direct correlations, which turns into a long, long, longer lifespan. So people that have planned appropriately for this average that everybody talks about, that has very little to do, perhaps, with your situation. And I would like to say that you probably could live possibly another 10 years longer than the average, simply based on taking those factors out. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. And our job is to get people focused and keep them focused on all the implications of longevity. And I, and I actually, yes, go ahead. Sorry, Greg. I just, uh, I thought of this as you were speaking. I think that's a great point. And that's precisely
2: why life insurance companies or companies offering life insurance look at all of those related things about an individual while they're assessing, while they're
3: underwriting what they think they would approve mm-hmm. in the for way sure. of life insurance. They, they look at all aspects. They know how long people, and they got this down to a science because their, their profitability is based on the accuracy of these numbers, mm-hmm. okay? And they have a certain profit margin. So they have it sliced and diced perfectly. Right. And it's it's actually interesting that somebody is like Canada Pension Plan, for example, whether you're a smoker or a non-smoker, you get the exact same Canada pension plan. It probably shouldn't be. Okay, because a non smoker should get less because they're not gonna they're gonna live a lot longer. Okay. A female and a male, generally speaking, males don't live as long as females. Well, you wouldn't want to suggest perhaps that females get should get us a, a smaller Canada pension plan because they're gonna be getting it longer.
2: So we're in so, big trouble if the insurance companies take over the Canada Pension Plan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Absolutely,
2: or hear this show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's, exactly. it's that's when it's not okay. privately run. When things are privately run, they look at all of it. They really do slice and dice it a lot more, both on on the annuity side, such as a, as a pension fund, or on the insurance side, as how much do we pay out. But yeah, in our job is we're we're trying to look at the long term reality of what things do, how do investments perform, and it's kind of interesting what clients may perceive because they've heard this from the media is oh equities are extremely aggressive and I I say okay yes they have more ups and downs but they have been proven to beat inflation and inflation is the biggest risk for longevity because as I mentioned as I showed you earlier how much the prices can go up and we've seen this dramatically in one year when we saw a big jump in inflation how it's hurt the pocketbooks, how it's hurt everybody's spending habits. And that's why we've been wrestling, trying to wrestle this inflation to the ground. But yes, as it turns out, if you are in 100% equities, you will, on, on average, over the last 100 years, the returns are about three times the inflation rate. So I, I'm going back to 1990. So there was a big um, package in 1992 to, uh, to FASCO retirees. And they were given a choice, you know, you can go with somebody like ourselves or we're going to give a basket of goods, of investments rather, and say, okay, here's your, here's where we would recommend. And at the time, DeFasco said, well, you should speak to other people and the bank was suggesting GICs. And the GIC rates at the time were pretty good, about eight to 10%. Now, inflation was also a little higher too. It was more like six, six or seven. Okay. So go with the unknown is hard the unknown being equities versus the known quantity being um gic's so if you stuck your money and let's say it was a hundred thousand it's a lot more than a thousand. Thirty years later first of all a hundred thousand you would need two hundred and ten thousand dollars just for inflation okay because you're, you're the cost is more than double over that that retirement span and i still have uh, many clients that are clients of mine that retired in 1992 to DeFasco package. Well, had they put it all in T-bills and in, in bonds, the average inflation rate over that period was 2.4. Your average return in GICs would have been about 4%. So you would have beat inflation by 1.6% and that's without income tax. So as long that's not even including tax on it. If you were in a conservative portfolio, Conservative portfolio is still 70% fixed income, 14% Canada, Canadian equities, 8% U.S. equities, and 10% international equities. You would have 645000 Now, this is assuming you didn't spend any of it. I just wanted to give an idea. Of course, you had to because you had to live on this. But just wanted to show the differences going from about GICs would have been grown to about 40000 a conservative portfolio would have been sixty-four thousand. A moderate portfolio, um, sorry, would have grown to nine hundred forty thousand from your hundred thousand. And if you went aggressive, hundred percent aggressive, which nobody would have, it would be one point one million over those thirty years. Now, this isn't about trying to accumulate money at retirement, but well, what I'm trying to say is, if you if you just let your money grow in this fashion, you would have been able to beat inflation and improve your lifestyle. And most importantly, the whole point here is protect yourself against longevity risk. And that's the biggest issue. And this is where we have to build a proper portfolio and take away the noise of what we hear every day about what the markets are doing per quarter, per day, per hour. Let's look at the next 30 years of your life and how will you perform and make sure that you do not run out of money. We are planning your financial future.
1: I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Time for a quick
0: break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management. At nine zero five nine seven two seven four two zero. We're talking about estate planning this morning.
2: Yes, and you know one thing I think that's important to mention too is that that before heirs receive one cent, when when a will is being uh, executed, uh, certain expenses have to be paid, and you know we're talking about potential capital gains tax uh, if there's applicable executor fees. Uh, any legal fees, if there's, if there's applicable like accountant fees and so on. And, and in some cases, court costs uh, it's rare, but in some cases, and certainly funeral and, uh, and burial uh, expenses. I actually just had a situation last week where uh, a, a client passed away and, and um, the daughter uh, was told by the funeral home that she had to make 50% of the payment before the, they would do the funeral. And so, what that speaks to is is how important it is to have their, their their resources available, and a lot of people don't don't think of that. And I and I, I want to add one thing. Um, you know, we talked we talked a little earlier about how accountable executors are from a legal perspective in terms of making sure that they're personally responsible for making sure that everything is is paid. So what what I what I always talk to executors about when they're acting as such is to request a clearance certificate from CRA. And once they receive the clearance certificate, what that document does, it it verifies, it confirms that everything has been paid from a tax standpoint and CRA will not be knocking at the door for any additional taxes. So that's, that's really critical. So, uh, getting back, to, you know, getting back to the executors, um, and we we already talked about hiring a professional executor and so on, and we don't we don't need to uh, to review that. But some of the considerations, and whether it's a, it's an adult child, Scott, uh, to your point earlier, or whoever may be acting as executor, uh, there's the emotional part about it in terms of someone that you trust and how critical that is but also making sure that there's an adequate level of, of maturity, someone who you hope will outlive you uh, because uh, that's, that's obviously important, uh, trustworthiness and, and, and basically just willing to accept the responsibility and understand what the responsibility is. Uh, having a clear understanding of what your wishes are. So you know, having those conversations to the best of your ability and, and has the knowledge and, ex- and expertise to administer your affairs, particularly if they are uh, more complex. Uh, so what are some of the basic responsibilities? So it could be a range of things, locating and notifying beneficiaries, arranging for funeral services, uh, applying for life insurance benefits. So sort of gathering, putting your arms around all the, the, the assets that are out there, uh, sometimes advertising for creditors, uh, preparing an inventory of assets and, and make sure that the debts are paid off and then filing the uh, the tax return or returns, depending on the, the time of year and the situation. Uh, and then, of course, distributing the estate assets. Um, so, you know, what is CRA interested in in terms of an estate? What are they what are they looking at? Um so it's the income in the year of death that they factor in capital gains on any any deemed dispositions uh which essentially is just selling off assets whether it's real estate businesses different investments and so on and uh just to just to uh make a point about registered investments uh rifs and 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 so on uh anything that has a direct beneficiary opportunity like tfsas registered investments life insurance, et cetera. Though if, if you've named a direct beneficiary, those things do not pass through your estate. They have nothing to do with your will. They are paid out by the institution directly to the the respective beneficiaries. What's important for an executor to, to remember is that they have to account for the taxes that are going to be on the estate. So if it's a rif, for example, and there's Three hundred thousand dollars in the RIF at the time of passing. That three hundred thousand dollars is brought into income for the deceased, uh, the deceased's estate, and has
3: to be has to be accounted for in terms of, of taxes. So that's very important. And lastly, and, I just
2: want and, sorry. And yeah. one
3: last thing is you know that's one thing that goes directly to the beneficiary, but the other would be a joint account on a non registered side.
2: Yes, joint accounts, and a lot of people do things if 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 an elderly person or an aging person puts a, a son or daughter on as joint and there's two other adult children some lawyers will say you know danger danger because because you're you're at risk you're exposed if that if that one particular son or daughter decides that that because they're on title and and the the property would automatically move to them as as don's pointing out then then maybe they'll just leave it that way so, so those are, th- and a lot of people do that. A lot of people put their homes in joint ownership with, uh, you know, with an adult child. So you just have to, to be aware of that. Now, in terms of something that's greatly misunderstood, and we, and we deal with this all the time, and that's probate. You know, so, so probate is simply the process to declare a will valid. That's, that's what probate is. And it concerns, it, it confirms, I should say, the authority that the executor has. It provides evidence of death and, uh, the, the fees do vary. Um, and we talked about different things that are not included in probate because they they uh, don't pass through the estate. Probate fees. There are so many people over the years that we have seen do things that cause them more difficulty, more problems, more money by trying to avoid probate uh, than if they just simply put things through the estate and, and pay. So probate is half of 1% on the first $50,000 in the estate. And it's one and a half percent on on everything over that. So, you know, people just have to be careful that they that they keep that in mind and understand what probate's going to amount to. So here's a simple example: five hundred thousand uh, dollars of five hundred thousand dollars of assets uh, are to be probated. So on the first fifty thousand at half a percent, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. On the next four hundred and fifty, it's one and a half percent, as I said. So that's sixty-seven fifty. So seven thousand dollars and what in the world do we ever fa- are we ever faced with where taxes on $500,000 would be $7,000 it's the lowest tax in our whole structure so it's just important to uh to understand that
0: mm-hmm.
2: now the, the different different uh estate planning strategies and i'm not going to go into them in detail but obviously identifying beneficiaries john uh, Don talked about joint ownership. There's also gifting, and gifting has its own set of rules and, and attribution issues and so on that that we talk to our clients about. Insurance is a is another strategy, and of course, as we talked about earlier, trusts. We
1: are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 7420. A quick break here and we'll return with
0: our last segment. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. We're talking about this segment, the negativity we may see
3: in financial journalism. I guess that's what sells, Don. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you pretty much nailed it right there, Scott. It's uh, interesting. The third quarter statements are out and uh, March 30th, as of March 30th, and people are pleasantly surprised that they are up somewhere between 2 and 8%, depending on type of holdings they're in. And it, it's, it, it's no wonder that people are surprised because of what they read. And its it's consistent. So when you look at it on February 3rd, and this is a US news that came out. February third, five hundred thousand new jobs were created. They expected two hundred thousand. So to a large talk that would be oh, that's a good thing. More people are working. Well, actually, right now it's a we're in a weird scenario, and that would mean that maybe they're gonna keep interest rates higher because the economy is still too hot. And so in the you're in the uh the front of a, of a podcast that I was looking at, it was basically Yahoo Finance. It had four different things that popped up. And it was basically why red hot stock market is ripe for a cool down. Number one, stock futures slide as February optimism fades after job shocker. Number two, big tech companies. And there's one big tech company. Um, and it probably was Facebook. Slashed over 6,000 jobs amid the uncertain future. And number four, large brokerage firm pokes holes in ballooning stock market. And it's like, okay, here's one thing that happened, and this is a knee-jerk reaction. And it was absolutely the case is, and by the way, by Friday, Friday is February the 10th, stocks wobble as S&P on track for the worst week of the year. Well, think about it. This is only February the 10th. Okay, we're only six. We're six weeks into the year, and this is the headline, and and so this is what grabs all the investor, everybody's attention. And it turns out, yes, the market was up about eight percent to the first week of February, and it kind of slid down to the end of you know, middle of March to break even, and then pop back up, and is now you know by up basically back up about six and a half percent on the year. And so the principle of journalism, and it always was, was, and it has been, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> okay, And basically, if, it, if it's noteworthy, if it's negative, if there's a crash, it's going to be the front page of whatever you're reading. And now, these days, it's not, it's not people necessarily reading, it's, it's, it's eyeballs, and it's how many clicks you get because clicks sell advertising space journalism is a business okay i can't blame them for doing what they're doing they are trying to attract as many clicks now as they can and by saying that the market is looking great isn't getting any clicks they've probably they probably have this all proven how many clicks they have on a bad news kind of headline versus a good news headline if it by the way if they were getting a lot more clicks by putting out good-lose headlines, they would be putting out a lot more than that because it's all about advertising as a business. So normally, the other part with journalism, they're not held accountable for what they're writing. Okay, so if they're wrong... Nobody ever goes back. Now that being said, Fox News had to had to pay a few dollars for a few things they said not long ago and uh, but that was nothing to do with the stock market per se. There's a,
1: there's a difference between saying something that might be interpreted two ways as opposed to lying.
3: yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> so by the way, here this is something you would not have made you might have missed in the first quarter of this year. You may have missed that. Cash dividends on the S P five hundred, which is the US stock market, soared eleven percent in twenty twenty-two to a record high. Okay. You you would this is found in some obscure, and this is by the way, it is true and it's spectacularly positive. Without question, this is true. This did not make the headlines. This did not make the headlines that. It's a record high in dividends. The average dividend of all the companies, 500 companies in the U.S. stock market, raised their dividend 11%. By the way, this was a dropping stock market last year too. So why would a company raise their dividends if they felt that they couldn't afford it? Of course, they didn't feel that way. They felt they had all these hordes of money and they their job is to pay that off or they buy back shares. Both are great for... The investor so at the end of the day be very careful of of your of what you're reading because it's always the crisis du jour okay there's always some new crisis that they're going to focus on and at the end of the day look at the long term stuff that Gary and I've been chatting about today think about your actual financial goals how is this going to affect my estate plan over the next 30 years will I run out of money during my retirement what is the best mix of assets? Who should be my beneficiaries of my of my estate? Um, should, I, should I hire a, a separate trustee? Or should I use my kids as the executors in power of attorneys? These are the bigger questions. These other ones, the day-to-day stock market predictions, isn't why we're hired. Um, and if you think you're coming to see us for that, uh, you've gone to the wrong place. We are creating a financial plan to uh, to accomplish your long term goals and objectives, to not only get you through your retirement, but to pass on the most tax effective way possible to your estate. That's what we do as CFPs.
1: I remember seeing a commercial as a kid, and I think the tagline at the end of the ad was, "And I believe it was for clothing." Uh, An educated consumer is our best customer, and really, you know, uh, I think that applies to everything, doesn't it? Absolutely. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Gary Hogan have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Another award-winning show, gentlemen. Thanks so much
0: for the time, and we'll got next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.